Hamilton. I've repoed a lot of cars in that town. This week on the FanCast, the Labor Day not-so-classic. Argos lose another one, this time to Hamilton. And plus, we're going to try and reach out to Rod from the Wood Cookie Sawcast and maybe do something that I don't think has been done in the Canadian Football Podcast Network. It's the Argos FanCast. You can find us at Argos FanCast on the Twitter machine and anywhere you find your friendly neighborhood podcast. Just search Argos FanCast, specifically Google Play, iTunes, and SoundCloud. I am Clay Chisholm. You can find me at All Kinds of Clay. And joining me, as always, from ArgoFans.com, it is Will Gertler. Hi, everybody. Hi, Dr. Nick. You can find me at ArgoFans or at www.argofans.com. You almost kept the accent going there for a while. Oh, yeah, I intentionally got rid of it. Oh. And from the Double Blue Order, Sir Douglas of House Ballinger, second of his name, Lord of Section 116 and Warden of the Southside, Protector of the Realm. That sounded so fucking metal. <laughs> I, I, I like the metal. I like the metal. I, I, the, that sounded so metal. Like you could easily play "Raining Blood" in the background, and that'd be that'd be freaking awesome. Anyway, you can find my group. You can find the Double Blue Order. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com/doubleblueorder, on Twitter at doubleblueorder, on Instagram at the Double Blue Order, and on and you can find me personally on Twitter at dougb519. All right, um, Labor Day. All righty then. Yes, Labor Day, Labor Day, Labor Day, Labor Day, Labor Day. Why do we seem to think that things are going to change, and they always stay the same? The Argos <laughs> once again lost in Hamilton on Labor Day. This time, thirty-eight to twenty-seven. After being up 24 to 11 at the half and managing only to score three points in the second half to Hamilton's 27, the Argos managed seven sacks and four turnovers in the first half alone, and that wasn't good enough. They could not capitalize on the turnovers, and it just it they gave up 590 total yards. 442 yards through the air and it really felt like a former Argo Berlin Addison came back to bite us in the end stats wise in this game and I'm I'm slowly dying here when I'm starting to review this 22 for 42 for law firm McLeod Bethel Thompson 337 yards and two touchdowns, including a 96-yard bomb to Darrell Walker. That was great to see. It was a great answer on the Argos' first possession of the game to Hamilton's uh, drive for a touchdown. Darrell Walker had nine catches for 203 yards. So apart from that 96-yard bomb, he had a pretty decent game himself. Two TDs, but nobody else got more than 50 yards except for SJ Green who managed to collect 52 yards. Everybody else was below that number, which is not a great stat. Rushing wise, I forgot we had running backs. James Wilder seven rushes for 16 yards. Not good enough. That's many why of them sitting. Many of them tackled in uh, behind the line and then McLeod Bethel Thompson is your second Second runner, two rushes, 13 yards. And you'd think with the lead they had in the first half, they would manage more than 13 rushing attempts for the entire game. It it really, really boggles the mind. Um, you guys didn't make it out to Hamilton. Uh, what were your thoughts watching this game at home? So gonna... disappointed. Um, 
there were there weren't enough swears in the English language in the second half. <laughs> there simply weren't enough. The first half was the first half they were doing very very well and I thought maybe for you, once you were we, swearing in a different context. Yes, I was swearing in a different context. But then the good swears turned to bad swears which then ultimately turned into throwing stuff at televisions. Um, this team sucks. <laughs> Straight up. You know, going into the, uh, that, that final drive that Hamilton had, where we nearly picked it off uh, in their zone, I was having a, a little back and forth with the uh, the Tiger Cat fan behind me, and he was saying, "No, this is this is exactly what the, what the Tiger Cats do. They're gonna now throw an interception uh, for a pick six, and uh, and that's and that's gonna be the game." And I and I looked at him like, "Are you sure about that? We're not one and eight for nothing, you know." Yeah, exactly. It's not. I mean, and it's... lo and behold, the Tiger Cats tried to do that. And we didn't succeed on our end. So, you know, we were both right. <laughs> Ultimately. You know, there were some some good. There was some good coming out of this game. There was a lot of bad, a lot of ugly. So let's dive right into it. The good. The bad. The ugly. Let's start off with the good here. Uh, Doug, do you have any good for this game? Darrell Walker. Finally. <laughs> the man showed up to play, and boy, did he ever. Absolutely. He seemed to be, any time they needed a catch, he was there. Unfortunately, they needed him too many times and could not get him the ball enough. Mm-hmm. You know, on the on the good side for me, it was uh, nice to see, at least at the beginning of the game, there was a lot of fire coming out of that Argos team. Everybody looked focused. Um, James Wilder, who I think with that first skirmish got thrown off his game because he didn't look like he had the same intensity after that. He stood, as soon as he got out in the field, he stood with his helmet raised high in the air People said when he was walking out of the tunnel that he had it was all business, something that we have not seen from James Wilder in a long time, but it stalled shortly after that. Um, it wasn't good enough. He's, that's why he's not yeah. playing. Crepinia went four for four. I think we have uh, at least, you know, settled on a kicker. The defense had seven sacks and four turnovers in the first half and then could not get off the field in the second half. So every good has it has it has its downfall. Well, with this team certainly. Well, did you have have any good besides what we've 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 talked about? I mean, everything has its drawbacks, but was there not anything really. good? You know what? I'm going to throw throw an honorable mention. This comes from our friend uh, Lori at Argo Diva, the uh, president of the Friends of the Argonauts. Um, she mentioned, and, I, and I'm going to echo her sentiments. The Ticat fans in attendance were actually very welcoming this time. It, it, it wasn't like in you know Labor Day's past where you felt physically threatened. Albeit I haven't attended any of those Labor Days past. I'm just going based on on stories of her. But you know they were very welcoming to us. You know ha- had a good back and forth with me and the people I was I was around with. And you know save for the the one dude that wanted to flip us the bird and swear at us out after the game. Everything was nice. Well, when you went in nine, they're not really yeah. big on you, are they? No, no, not at all. Um, bad. Doug, we'll start with you again. Where do we begin? <laughs> um, 
Uh, I'm going to say James Wilder Jr. Simply not good enough for the money he's making. Have we, I've said this in the, I've said this, what, what last week, couple weeks ago that he, that he's not that quite frankly, he's not pulling his weight for the money he's making. This was the game that proved it. Yeah. Has he ever had a big game against Hamilton? No. It's like every time we play them, they manage to shut him down. Yeah, and they were they mad, they spent a lot of time in that in the Toronto backfield, seeming to like I can't I don't know how many times he was sacked behind or he was tackled behind the line. It just seemed way too much. I mean, seven carries for 16 yards. Yeah. Are you kidding me? And you know, albeit every time you you saw him try to try to hit that hole, there was three or four tie cats in that hole. So, you know, but at the same time, you didn't see him break out of any of those seemingly unwinnable situations that you see the premier backs do. And like he used to do. Yeah. Didn't didn't see that at all. You saw one burst of a carry on, uh, I believe, his first or second carry of the game uh, where he he ran for eight yards and broke three or four tackles. Was, was that but the one that started the fight? I was pretty close to that. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. I think it was either right after that or right before that. But yeah, the fight was. It needed to come later in the game. The fight, it seemed to take the steam out of a couple players. Like they, it just they expended everything they had. That's what what that's what looked like. Wilder made a couple you know, key catches, but he just looked like he didn't have that same fight after the fight. Like I said, it needed to come later in the game. It didn't need to be like within the first five minutes. If it came later in the game, I'm sure it would have like, it might've inspired them. It might've brought a victory on. Yeah. Um, My bad in this game, I'm looking directly at McLeod Bethel Thompson law firm um, you know, we saw him throw that nice, perfect bomb to Darrell, Darrell Walker on their first drive of the game, 96 yards and a touchdown. It looked fantastic. But after that, his deep balls were, were long and there, there was, you know, one of them was because he got hit and that ball just sailed, but he was overthrowing people all over the place. And that, that wasn't the same thing that we've seen him do in the last few weeks. You know, he's... There's a lot of people hating on him, and I don't think that's it's warranted. But, I mean, these are the knocks that have not made Law Firm a starting quarterback in this league. He's got accuracy issues with with those deep balls. He may hit one and they will look picture perfect. But in this game, you saw both. You saw both. Yeah. And he's still an enigma to analyze. I think there's people who have a real hate on for him that I don't understand. He's not. Yes, he's not an all star, but. At the same time, he's not the worst quarterback I've ever seen either. He, he's not a Cleo Lemon. No. And McLeod Bethel Thompson is a bridge player in that he's he he can give you you know some quality starts. He's gonna have some crap starts. But he's he just does not have have it to be a franchise quarterback. He's a guy that's gonna lead you into the next guy. 
I still think even with another quarterback, that team is one and nine probably. Yeah, I I don't think that there is a quarterback out there that could solve this problem. Because it's not just the quarterback. No. Sadly, everyone focuses on the quarterback because, well, because the defense sucks. So obviously that's quarterback's problem, right? We can't, we can't, we can't cover on special teams. Oh, clearly McLeod Bethel Thompson. There you go. Sorry, but no, it's this team is broken from stem to stern and we need to pull it in and give the ship a refit. Again. I mean, I mean, it's going to happen, right? We, I mean, it's, it's, it's the way sports is, right? Eventually the ship has to come in. Eventually each team goes through, well, it's, it's a wave, right? Each team goes through their peaks and valleys, right? And right now we are in a pretty deep fucking valley. Yeah. (laughs) Will, uh, you're bad for this game. Secondary. Third game in a row where they've allowed at least 300 yards. Most of that come in the second half. Mm-hmm. Brutal stat here, but the Argos have outscored their last two opponents 40-17 to 17 in the first half of games and have been outscored 49-9 to in the second half. Yeah, that's uh, that's a very, very, very telling stat. You know, you see that, and they're not. That means they're not making those second half adjustments, or the the second half adjustments that they are making are making things worse, or just plain not working. Oh, we'll get to the adjustments. Ah, <laughs> ugly. Since we're talking about adjustments, Will, I have a feeling your adjustments are are sitting right here in the ugly. Well, two weeks in a row, you've built yourself up a lead at halftime. Do you not think the other team is not going to try anything to turn that around? And do you think you can just sit there resting on your laurels? No. You damn well anticipate what the other team's going to do, and you do something to counter it. You don't do the same thing you did in the first half that the other teams seem to be prepared to stop in the second half. This coaching staff is so piss poor. It's ridiculous. And speaking of the coaching staff... Interesting thing heard from, uh, we'll say, an unknown, unnamed Argo player after the game when a, a fellow Argo fan, you know, saw him, threw up his arms uh, as to say, what's up? And uh, he, he said that uh, we should be talking to the coaches. So that's not necessarily something you you want to hear from a player. It's not something you ever expect to hear from another player. But it's very telling. Can we get a plank set up at the next home game? <laughs> right right beside the uh right beside the cannon. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much because well, who knows who's still going to be here after the bye week anyway by the time they come back to BMO. Yeah. But regardless, it's something has something has to give here. I mean, the season's already lost at this point. So they might not even do anything until uh they might not even do anything until early uh, November. Yep. Well, Doug, what what was your your ugly for this game? Um, other than the fact that we lost and coughed up the lead, I would say the points off of turnovers Hmm. that we could not capitalize 
uh, I mean, they lost the turnover battle. We got to their quarterback numerous times. Yet, we still lost the game because we couldn't capitalize on those turnovers. No, you have four turnovers in the in the first half alone. Right, and... right there, right there. You have if you get twenty eight, if you get four touchdowns off of those turnovers, it's a totally different ball game. Absolutely. My ugly, um, and it's and it's been somebody who I've been pumping their tires all season. Micah Awe. You know, there was a lot of you know people wondering why Micah Awe isn't starting. Well, you kind of saw why they're not starting him. You know, he right now what the Argos are trying to do is mask his deficiencies. He missed multiple tackles in this game. He missed open field tackles where he where he was squared up to the to the deep, the ball carrier. He took poor angles. Despite the fact that he had four tackles in this game, I think Micah Awe probably played one of the worst games I've seen him play as an Argon as an Argonaut. Unfortunately, the situations they put him in in this game did not allow him to succeed. Uh, I think they're playing the long game with Micah Awe. But this game was not good, and I hope that he's taking that tape and learning from every little mistake that he made, talking to Bear Woods. But he was he was not good in Hamilton. Mm-hmm. All right, now... We have uh, come to that point where I think we're done with the good, the bad, and the ugly. There's a lot of ugly. So let's try to look to the future. And the future is in Ottawa right now. That's our next game. And we're going to join in with the Wood Cookie Sawcast in what is could be the first ever CFL Podcast Network simulcast. This is going to be good. Rod, uh, I think we, we are doing a Canadian Football Podcast Network first here in simulcasting on both of our recordings. Beautiful. A crossover. I love it. All right. So at, from the Argos Fancast, we're joined by Rod... Rod Villa Gomez from the Wood Cookie Sawcast. And I am joined by the folks at the Argos Fancast. I, I will let you all introduce yourselves because I'm not sure who's all on this call right now. Uh, well, you've got me, uh, Clay Chisholm at All Kinds of Clay. You got Will at, at Ar- you got Will at Argo Fans. That's better. <laughs> <laughs> sound like a false start there. You've also you've got Doug here. He's from from uh, double from the double blue order as well. Sweet, I love and, it. And Rod, where are we finding you? Since our our listeners need to know that. Yeah. Oh, you're finding me at RJ Gomez or the show at Wood Cookie Cast. So Rod, we're venturing up into uh, your team's neck of the woods. Um, this week and i just want to it right off the bat how are you guys ranked below us in the power rankings well listen someone had a really great labor day is what they had uh and probably should not be allowed at the controls of a computer with uh substances that uh, would make them do that kind of thing (laughs) Uh, that makes sense that but, makes sense. But honestly, to be honest, I, there's a lot of recency bias, I think, in, in some of these power rankings where a lot of folks concentrate on what they just saw. 
and uh, you know maybe maybe they think that the play of uh, McLeod Bethel Thompson in the first half of that game was enough to warrant what's going on in Ottawa. So I guess that's the only explanation I can come up with. I think that's what we kind of came up with as well. Um, still doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but you know, well, it's not it's not the first week that it's been like that. I think it's been a couple of weeks now where it's been Toronto seven, Ottawa eight, BC nine. I think people just don't like the Red Blacks. Uh, for whatever reason, they're not liking this year's Red Blacks. And even the fans are starting to uh, to scream about it a little bit. All right. Speaking of uh, this year's Red Blacks, uh, Jonathan Jennings is now the starting quarterback, at least for this week. Um, is this something is this something that we should be fearing as uh, as an Argo team? I mean, we don't really fear anything anymore because, you know, we're looking up at everything. But, you know, is are, are you excited about the prospect of, Jen, of Jonathan Jennings being your guy this week? Uh, on a level of like meeting Dave Matthews to, uh, I don't know, getting left out in the rain for a week. I don't know. There, there's really no scale that I can come up. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not necessarily excited about the prospects. We've seen what's what's happened already with a few games in there. But uh, listen, we've all been screaming for change. We've all been screaming that something's got to change. And so those folks that have been saying for months now that things have to change and say this isn't the change we wanted, you can't have it one way or the next. So I think we're getting what we're asking for. Whether or not that's a good thing remains to be seen over the course of the next few weeks. But uh I mean, it certainly can't. Oh, God, I can't even say that. Um, it's it's going to be different. <laughs> You're not the only fan base who's been screaming for change. I can tell you that much. <laughs> I know I'm in a room with like-minded gentlemen. <laughs> oh, 100%. 100%. So, hey, so tell me, you guys, uh, from your end of the bargain, what what is it that uh, – what's lacking? Where, where are the wheels falling off here? I mean, we saw – We've seen flashes, much like we've seen in Ottawa, of actual good football being played, and then next thing you know, you close your eyes and it's gone. So what what's the what's the deal over there? Coaching. <laughs> S- simple. Co- coaching is probably the biggest biggest issue. Um, a, a, our offensive line is not working as a unit. What was that? Rod, are you still with us? Yeah, well, yeah, I'm still here. Oh, okay, yeah. You sorry, you're you're almost bugging out there for a second. Oh no. Oh yeah. Yeah, no, our our offensive line just can't seem to either open up a hole or close a defensive running lane to to save their lives. They're not that they, we've got some talent, but they're not working as a team. And it's you know, you go back. We have we've got one of the better offensive line coaches that the CFL's ever seen, and he can't make it happen. It's and a lot of it too, Rod, is the um, not a lot of the depth was brought in at the on the offensive line during the off season. It just seemed to me like they didn't sign a lot of guys to compete for spots, and it's starting to show where. You guys have been injured, and we've been forced to put guys in there who just aren't up to snuff. Yeah, and and even still, like when you when Burks goes down, you think, okay, well Wilder's in the hole, but Wilder has not been anything close to the Wilder that we've seen in the past. And you know, great guys are great guys, but man, and it hurts when they don't play the way they're supposed to play. So yeah, I don't know what I don't even know what the answer is there. And on your side of the ball, like, I mean, you guys have had, you know, the same kind of issues with your offensive line, too. Is that, uh, I mean, is there just not enough offensive linemen to go around all of a sudden? You know, we we started the the season with actually praising the Canadian offensive line mentality and saying, you know, this is going to go a long way in in creating great opportunities for a lot of folks if we start all the offensive line as Canadians. And then 
that evaporated and now we're screaming that this is a horrible idea. So I, I just I don't know what broke down. I don't know if if maybe the the stress of it caught up to them and, and they, they forgot what they did in the first couple of weeks. But I mean, I still think it's a great theory. And I think if you get the right offensive line, it, it works. But we've seen we've seen a very different offensive line than we saw to start the beginning of the year when we were saying, you know, well, Dominic Davis hasn't been touched and he's had time and that's not the case anymore. So I, I don't know if there's not enough offensive linemen to go around so much as it's just there needs to be, I guess, at least one or two maybe that that aren't Canadians. Like, I don't know. I, again, I don't really know the answer to that because it, it seems like it worked for a second and then it didn't. All right. Well, let's let's try and focus on, you know, what what's going to happen in this uh, this game coming up on uh uh what day is it we we we're, we're completely lost yeah on <laughs> on Saturday um Saturday afternoon at one o'clock uh what do what do you guys have to do to beat us? We have to wait it out for a half. We have to let you guys do what you're gonna do in the first half and then outplay you in the second half and and we'll walk away with the win but uh <laughs> You're, no, you're not wrong. <laughs> you're not wrong. <laughs> really? That's that's how it boils down, and that's what the the Thai cats did. But um, no, I, I, what's really got to happen is I think they just need to remember uh, fundamental football and and, and the razzle dazzle of what everybody's trying to make a sexy offense. Uh, if as long as we could just run the ball, and and as cliche as it all sounds, you know, it, when we start talking breakdowns, it all sounds cliche, right? Well, you gotta pound the ball and you got to complete the passes, but sometimes that's true. (laughs) And we got to do that. We've got to convert on second down. We can't, you know, do two and outs every single drive. Um, And we just have to sustain drives and we have to to punch them in for a a touchdown and, uh, and not, you know, make Lewis Ward have to have another 69 in a row. Um, But if we do that again, I laid out in the first down of my, of my show that this is a very winnable game. You know, against a team that I, I hate to say it, guys, but it's a very winnable game on paper um, for for the Red Blacks. And I know that there's a lot of folks that are screaming that this the second half of the season is going to be whatever. But there's a lot of lot of beatable teams coming up for the Red Blacks, and this is one of them. So they just have to remember that this is a one and nine team, and that they should be able to beat this team uh, and not get in their own way. Well, we're not one and nine for no reason. <laughs> this is true but but no what do you guys got to do to beat the red blocks what is it what's it going to take for you guys you know i i think what the what they have to do is they have to confuse jonathan jennings uh when he when he gets in a groove he can he can he can be one of the better quarterbacks in this league but he's just had trouble finding that groove and so if if we can keep the uh keep the pressure up like we did in the first half uh of the the Labor Day game against Hamilton and you know knock him down pick off his passes you know force him into ba- bad decisions he has a tendency to carry that with him through to the second half he can't seem to break out of that and that's the Argos need to get him off his game because if you can get him off his game, you're you're, you're back to relying just on the Ottawa defense to do to do something, and they can do something, but they can't win the game for you. Anyone I, else? Oh yeah, I think playing a sixty-minute game as opposed to a thirty-minute one. I think that's going to be a, a key to victory right there because we've showed it the last couple of weeks. We play 30 minutes of excellent football, and then we play 30 minutes of shit football. So if we can string that together to, to try and stretch it out to get that 30 minutes to 60 minutes, I think that could be a huge – that could be a win for us. And emotions were so high on Labor Day. I mean, they always are, but I mean, it was such an emotional, emotional game. Uh, what were your takeaways from the ejections? Well, from, uh, from being there, my my vantage point, um, like you had no idea who was in the bottom of that pile, and 
and just you know after after seeing it with your Frankie Williams and Tunde Adelike get uh, ejected, I can't remember which one of them uh, hit the official, um, but I mean that's an obvious ejection right there. That's standard. Um, how James Wilder did not garner any penalties there was beyond our comprehension because he was in the center of it and then got pulled out by Declan Cross and, and Matt Black. So I, I have a feeling that if Declan Cross had not been there and Matt Black had not run halfway on the field, we might be speaking of uh, James Wilder being suspended, if not released for the way he was. I was absolutely shocked. It was a lot of fire. I liked it, but it just seemed to kill anything Wilder had going for him before that. Yeah, it just seemed to if she seemed to have shot his wad, and then that was the end of him. <laughs> to be perfectly honest, yeah, to be brutally honest, that's what it seemed like. Yeah, because he didn't have anything left after that. I mean, what did he? He only he only rushed for. That's under 20 yards, right? Completely. 16 yards. Yeah. So he really, and now, okay, flip forward to, to this Saturday. Do we have to fear James Wilder or is this just a, a decoy play now? I don't know if they let him play. I don't think they will. I really, I honestly think the only way they let James Wilder play is if, uh, is if Brandon Burks isn't healthy anymore. That That's yeah. the thing. And that's that's what we don't know. Um, you know, they haven't started practicing yet this week, so we're not sure. He was only put on the one. Uh, actually, you know what? I'm just looking at the thing, and they've put him put Brandon Burks on the sixth game. There it is. This is this is Wilder. Next wow. game. Wow. Wow. But now, okay, so you guys have a little bit of a uh, quarterback controversy. Well, maybe not, but over here, I would say that uh, there's a lot of folks that I think might be clamoring for Franklin to come in now, or is this, are we to close the book on him or what? Um, no, you, you're not wrong. There there does seem to be a segment of the fan base that for whatever reason, just does not like McLeod Bethel Thompson, even though I'm of the belief that the team would still be one and nine, most likely even with another quarterback. I, I just don't. Yeah, I get he has flaws as a quarterback, but at the same time, the man's been, he hasn't turned the ball over in four games. He hasn't, uh, you know, he's throwing for the yard. It's just, there is something just missing. Something, you know, some intangible that's hard to put your, your, your hand on, your finger on. So, no, I think it's still going to be his team. Much to some folks' chagrin, huh? Yep. Absolutely. And, I, and I'll even go that one step further and say that uh, McLeod Bethel-Thompson is your guy until you can find the next guy. If Caleros, if there's any questions about Caleros' health, you keep McLeod Bethel-Thompson on this team. And I would like to see him be the guy until they're ready for Michael O'Connor to step in and bring back the Canadian quarterback. Which I think we need to see more of anyways in this league, right? Yeah, and, and we're getting to that point where, where we can. The Canadian quarterbacks are getting a lot a lot better shake in the NCAA, so we're seeing a lot more of them. The only problem is... They're getting more looks in the NFL now, too. Um, and we're seeing a lot better coaching and a lot better uh, play up in the uh, the U Sports, I guess it's called now, um, CIS, uh, Canadian University Football. But, you know, we're, st- we're still a little bit away from, you know, having a, a quarterback top-heavy Canadian draft. Well, it'll take... That's just not how executives are conditioned. Yeah, no one's looking for that next great Canadian quarterback again, which, like, you know, we just laid out, probably should be looking for 
one to put the uh, the face and this is a debate that rages on and on and on and on but i i i I, even as an american fall on the side of you know there should be some great canadian quarterbacks to look up to because it is after all the canadian football league so if you're not trying to grow your own um then i don't know you have you lost your identity i i I don't know i think you lost your identity I mean, it's a league that's really never, except for one or two exceptions, has never really been uh, conducive to needing. And and plus two, most of the executives in the CFL have that uh, American background, and they're looking for what they know. They know that there is a lot more competition in the United States, which usually breeds better talent. Yeah, I mean, again, it's it's I guess a tried and true thing that we've seen time and time again. And and you know, I even said something about with Bo, Le- Bo Levi Mitchell uh, deciding to come back to the league. You know, it was a it was a classy move on his part, only because, you know, he could have probably sat on some practice roster up there or some third string. But with a guy like Bo Levi Mitchell, he's building a legacy over in the CFL, and for him to respect that and the fans, and and not go chase down. Uh, a practice roster spot, I think, speaks a lot to what most athletes, I think, should be looking for out of the CFL. You know, not it's not a placeholder league. It's not a I'm going to sit here and wait for my time. It's it's a legit league with actual great talent that should be respected. Now, Rod, since we've got you on here, we do our picks and I know we've had you uh, do some picks before. But since we're since we're all here all together, I would love for us to uh, pick the four games this week. Are you down? I'm ready. Let's go. Okay. So Friday, September 6th, 7.30 Eastern Time, BC is in Montreal. Rod, since you're the guest, you get the first crack at this one. What happens in this game? Everybody shuts their collective televisions off. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Uh, (laughs) Ouch. Just kidding. No. Listen, Montreal, they've been on a little bit of a tear, and and I don't know that BC – uh, has enough juice, man, and and no one can protect Mike Riley. No one can protect Mike Riley. He has been getting beaten, bruised, and battered. So uh, I think Montreal kind of. I don't want to say they steals this one because I think they're they're favorites, but uh, Montreal gets a win here. This just in: Mike Riley's been sacked again. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he has. I, I I am also going to be on Montreal's side in this one because BC hasn't proven that they have enough to beat anybody really will yeah montreal doug i'm also going with les alouettes de montreal all right and we'll leave the uh, the main event to last uh, that happens on saturday afternoon we go to the late game uh, or the middle game we've got a triple header on saturday uh, Saskatchewan in Winnipeg. Uh, this uh, looks to be a, well, would have been a clash of the heavyweights had Matt Nichols been in and Matt Harris or uh, Andrew Harris is, is uh, also going to be out again. Um, as anybody who's listened to the show knows, I'm picking Saskatchewan and that's just because that's how it's going to be. Uh, by default. By default. It, it's, it's always going to be Saskatchewan no matter what. Um, and my... Home home province allegiances bias has nothing to to say with that. Actually, it does. Uh, Rod, oh, shit. yeah, we <laughs> got a little dusty in here. Sorry, Rod. Who's who's winning this game from an impartial view? From an impartial view, I I, I echo your Saskatchewan uh, pick only because this traveler thing's got to stop sometime, right? Some defense has to figure out that the dude's a one trick pony. He can run and then he can run some more. So I think hopefully Saskatchewan's defense is, is going to be enough, uh, you know, get him in his face more than anybody else has and finally stop him from doing the only play that he can really do well. Uh, and that's rush to the left or rush to the right or rush up the middle, because it's annoying to watch as a football fan when you know that the guy only has one move and no one can stop him. Doug. One thing that you got, I think, the home crowd is going to be a going to be a massive factor in this game. And I think I think despite Nichols not being in the lineup and despite uh, Andrew Harris not being there, I have a feeling 
that the Bombers are going to take this one. And, and Will, does Winnipeg uh, take home the Troy Westwood Memorial Trophy in the Banjo Bowl? Yeah, well, you know I, I never got <laughs> one, so absolutely. All right, then uh, the late game on Saturday, we've got Calgary and Edmonton, the rematch of uh, the Battle of Alberta, this time in the province's capital up north. Uh, Doug, who do you got in this one? I have got Calgary again. I have a feeling that, well, Big Bo's coming back, so that's going to that's gonna be a hell of an X factor for Calgary now. Will? Yeah, uh, Edmonton just doesn't seem right right now. And I, I'm punting on this one. There's two letters I hate sitting next to each other, and that is B and O. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and Calgary's got both of them starting behind center, so I, it, it, it just cannot happen. Uh, I cannot pick Calgary. It's it's against my religion, so I'm punting on this one. Rod? So here's the thing, right? We, as Ottawa Red Black fans, have grown very accustomed to the Trevor Harris get you down to the red zone and have to kick a field goal show. So um, unfortunately, it seems like it's reared its ugly head in Edmonton now. Uh, and, and again, we know how this goes. Like Red Blacks fans, this is our song. So... Uh, I think Calgary with Bo Levi Mitchell being back is is enough to, uh, you know, get over the Edmonton field goal games. All right, that does it for the picks. You know, what, Rod, I I want to thank you for uh, for having the first uh, simulcast. We're missing one. <laughs> oh wait, what? <laughs> see, see, we all know that the Argos are going to win this, so I figured, you know, we didn't even need to ask the question. Yeah, <laughs> our listeners really agree with that pick. <laughs> oh, oh, all right, all right, Rod. Uh, since we know how you're picking this game, we we know how we're picking this game. How is it going to happen? Uh, here's the thing: Jonathan Jennings is going to have had a great week of practice. Um, he's going to have had you know a great epiphany and remember what it was like to throw for five thousand yards. And you're going to see an electrified Jonathan Jennings uh, own this team and actually take charge of it and and provide more offense than we've seen in the last three months combined. You're probably right, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Murphy's Law. Well, Doug, you've used up all your punts for this season, so... um... No, I haven't. (laughs) I can keep... Just like like our... our... Just, just like our offense, they keep getting two and outs. I could keep punting the ball. <laughs> All right. Well, are you are you punting it? Uh, you're angling for the corner. Are you kicking it out at the uh, the ten yard line or or the forty eight? Aiming for I'm aiming for the I'm aiming for the coffin corner simply because I'm hoping it's going to be a good game because I'll be down there. <laughs> oh, cool. All right, I'm going to say Toronto somehow hangs on to win this, and we're still scratching our head as to how they cannot play in the second half. But thankfully, Ottawa's offense is just not as good as anybody else, so uh, the Argos hang on to something somehow. Will? Argos 312 to 6. Well, okay, if, okay. If, this if isn't this isn't you sports ladies rugby here, okay? <laughs> if you're not gonna punch, you might as you might as well vote for a blowout. Will's been looking for a blowout all season. Argos <laughs> haven't blown out a team since uh, week twenty of twenty seventeen. <laughs> that also being said, the Argos haven't won on the road since about the same amount of time. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. All right, Rod, I think we, uh, with that, we can wrap up this simulcast. And glad uh, you could join us and glad we could join you. Yeah, this was a blast. I think, uh, I think we have now set the bar, the standard of uh, Canadian Football Podcast Network abilities. So uh, other podcasts should now be very much jealous of what we just accomplished here. Absolutely. Thank you very much, Rod. Um, and uh, I guess uh, good luck <laughs> on Saturday. 
Uh, thankfully, I'm not playing the game, so I, I think I'm okay. I, I will have a nice, uh, nice uh, beer of choice, and I'll I'll sit and watch this thing go down, and hopefully it'll go our way for once, and I can, uh, you know, actually go to bed happy as opposed to uh, on the couch uh, mad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we we're I think we're past mad, but uh, yeah, we just don't want to go go to bed disappointed. <laughs> well, uh, good luck to you next week, uh, as as all of our friends say. Uh, but this week, go red black. So yes, and thank you for being a guest on this show. Uh, I, I can't wait to hear how this comes out, and I can't wait to hear how everybody enjoys our our simulcast adventure. All right, thank you very much, Rod. I guess that thank you. Thank you. All right. Have Thanks. a good night, Rod. You guys too. Cheers. All right, and that was what uh, we believe to be the first ever. CFL Pod Network simulcast with uh, with Rod Villa Gomez and the the Wood Cookie Sawcast. I think that went pretty well, guys. We should do it more often. Yeah, we. I, you know that what? Was amazing. I'm, I'm going to start reaching out to the to to all these podcasts to try and see if we can do that again. I had a lot of fun doing that. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. That was that was cool. <laughs> yeah. A first, finally a first for the Argos fancast in the CFL Pod Net. Yeah, yep. yeah. All right. Um. Apart from that, you know, there's not. There hasn't been a whole lot of other news going on in the CFL. Um, the uh, the BC Lions did what uh, a bunch of us uh, Argo fans want to do and uh, fire the guy running the offensive line. But, uh, you know, like we mentioned earlier, it's probably going to be something for the end of the season. Um, I mean, it's kind of surprising because Brian Chu is not a slouch. No. So, so that was kind of, that's kind of surprising considering that, like, oh, wait, this just in. Mike Riley got sacked again. Uh, oh, that's why. Yeah. <laughs> that's probably why. That's why. But, I mean they are having the same problems we're having. You know, they, they do have talented people on that offensive line. They're just not working together. Just not working. No, no. Uh, so, you know, good luck to Brian Chu. I'm sure he will land on his feet. Um, yeah. Now I, I mean, guys, if, if you were running this team, do you make changes now? Or do you wait till uh, the end of the end of the regular season? No, I mean playoffs are pretty much a non playoffs. 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 We're talking about playoffs. I just hope we can win a game. (laughs) Yeah, they're they're out of the question. Um. At this point, like I think your search starts now, but I really don't think there's any any sense into making sweeping changes until the after the last game. But I I think those sweeping changes have to come swift and fast, and they need to get ahead of this. I uh, you know before you know a week into free agency or they just need to make the changes and make them fast at the end of the season. But I don't even know how far up they go. I really you, don't. You don't know how far up they're going to go. It's I'm thinking it's going right, almost right to the top. So but, you're, we're, we're they're They're bulldozing the whole thing. And, oh, totally. And rebuilding. Totally. Totally. I honestly think they're just going to, they're just going to bring the ship in Tear it right, tear it right down to the studs, and then rebuild it from the rebuild it from the keel up. You think Manning? That means Manning. Possibly, doubt it, but possibly. I I I can see Manning at some point relinquishing control of the Argos. I don't think he they're they're ousting him as uh, TFC uh, head honcho. Not until but, not until they string together several losing seasons. But I could definitely see them saying MLSC saying, okay, we need to bring in a football mind 
to be the president and oversee oversee the Argos. So I could definitely see them bringing in somebody to be the president of football uh, and just let them let them have their hands in everything. And to say, okay, you make whatever changes you see fit. Doug, it's three-minute warning time, and I hear, I hear there was a little bit of fire in social media this week. Yep, that there was. All right, gentlemen, you have three minutes, and you better make it good. Three minutes and we're out of here. We got three minutes and we're out. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, once again, it's time for the, and this, and this time it's the post-Labor Day edition of some of our favorite hot takes that, that I see on social media. Now, just to let you know, just, just to give you a little bit of background, if you've been hearing this for the first time, I shamelessly stole the segment from my afternoon rock station uh, basically the shock jock does this every Friday afternoon and well, I just seamlessly, shamelessly steal it because it's, I thought it was funny. Um, but the rules are as follows. Basically everyone's every, every post that I get off of this is completely anonymous. So that's not to increase the level of butthurt that is already ingrained within social media. And normally, and I will be basically any, any posts that come with all caps, I will be speaking at an elevated volume but there are none so we don't have to worry about it so are we are you ready gentlemen ready doug i am ready as well let's begin first one fire the head coach and wait and wait till the off season uh, wait till the off season to hire a new coach chamberlain is just not working let the assistant coaches finish the season so the new coach can bring in his own team I yeah, I don't even disagree with that. I just no. I, I just don't think. I mean, you're you're going into into Ottawa this week on a short week, so you don't do it this week. If you're going to get rid of them mid-season, it happens next week in the bye. Bye 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 bye. <laughs> what the hell was that? <laughs> He was channeling his inner insync. Ah, okay. <laughs> All right, next. Uh, next one. Ha, 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 ha. Try being an Argo and a Bills fan. It hurts every weekend. Rolling laughing face emojis times six. Nobody told that. Nobody said to be a Bills fan. Shout out, Nick. Wow. <laughs> an Argos fan and a Bills fan. So... You got to witness four straight Super Bowl losses, and then whatever else happened after that was not much. That's a lot. That's like, a lot to deal with. And like twenty-five years of no playoff football. And and that. the fa- and the fact that he's got you know six rolling rolling face emo- laughing emojis um, leads me to believe that. Um, there, there, there may be a referral that uh, is in this this individual's future. Because if you're <laughs> laughing at w- what you see, you're you're beyond mad. You're beyond upset. You're like in hysterics you're, at this you're, point. You're at don't give a fuck territory anymore. <laughs> and anyway. that could go one of two ways. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, next one. Wanted one guillotine. Apply a BMO field where heads will roll. Rolling, rolling, rolling. Rolling, 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 rolling. <laughs> I, I think at that point they can use the head as a practice ball at Downsview. Uh, <laughs> next one. <laughs> yeah, or, just, or just throw the ball out there during a TFC game. Yeah. <laughs> there, there's some one. tattoo artists who can tattoo the, uh, the, the, the design on the head, you know, match the ball. We're good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can, some aspiring tattoo artists could use it for practice. A little morbid, but yeah, okay. Yeah. Mm. 
Anyway, next one. Get your, spelt U-R, new Argo shirt. Hashtag missing, missing tackles are us. Not sure that's a good name for a, for a business. Nah, that's terrible. It's god-awful. I don't think I that's mean, sign, I mean, pro- I, That sign would not pull me in to see what's going on in there. No. Only oh, considering that you could be walking the aisles and next thing you know, somebody flies out and just completely misses you and eats shit in the, in the next shelf. Yeah, what if I was looking at those things? <laughs> and, and they get knocked all over. Now, you know, look, I didn't touch them. Your employee broke them. You bought them, not me. Yeah. What the hell? Anyway. Next one. Okay, enough. Three commas. No QB, no more chances. Two commas. Where's Zach? Comma. No more mysteries. Three more commas. Wilder. Bye. Wilder. Bye. Three commas. Defense secondary. Comma. Bye. Three more commas. Pop. Bye. Three commas. Chamberlain. Two commas. Bye. Four commas. Off couch. Three commas. Bye. Three commas. Keep the damn boat logo. Five commas. Rainey had it right, leaning uh, leaning against the poles, po- go post, shaking his head. Six commas. No more. Two commas. Sorry, I've had enough. Five more commas. Five football emojis with a thumbs down emoji. Wonder if this guy likes commas. You know, if if there if you had said there was an AF at at the end, I'd wonder if uh, Fake Gainer had returned to Twitter and, and become an Argo fan. <laughs> So so what we should get a, we should fire up a fake Jason account is that what we should we should be doing? Um nah. No. Nah. Doesn't have the same bang. No one would follow him anyway. Anyway, next one. No. Yeah, next one. 1 and 9 after the Labor Day Classic with the Cats. Listen. Hire the North York Cowboys or the Victoria Park Panthers or the Vanier Vikings football clubs and put them in the uniforms for the next game, will ya, for fuck's sake. All right. <laughs> yeah, could it, could it get any worse? Probably not. Anyway, next one. How nice that they discovered Walker is on the team. Didn't I? Ec- I think I echoed that earlier, did I not? <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and, and I think he's still on the team. Yeah. For now, anyway. We'll see you in Ottawa. Mm. Next one. Can the season end soon enough? Worst season ever. Been a fan since 70 fucking 8. Oh, he's seen worse. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's, li- he's lived through 81. That was, that was the worst season in league era, if I'm not mistaken. What? Worst season what? Worst season in the league era. For the Argos? Yeah, 1981. Yeah. Yeah. And we could be equaling or surpassing that. Anyway, next one. This city demands a winner if you hope to compete against other entertainment options. This summer was a lost opportunity with the Raptors and Leafs in in off-season hibernation and Jays rebuilding. I blame management for not putting a better product on the field. If Argos don't compete every year, they will never win the, with the win the casual fans. As much as you cheer and lead this team, they weren't good enough and no fun to watch. Fans deserve better and in this market and must demand must demand a better product. Let's hope some lessons learned and not hang on to wait till next year, as next year may never come, at least in this market. That's pessimistic. Wow. Yeah. Like holy cow! I was I was right with them up until next year will never come. Yeah, you, you know it, it was it was down and then it went too far down for me. Mm. Dig that, up, that, dig up, stupid. Yeah, at this point it's dig up. And finally, and considering and, and considering. This actually hits. This actually hits me. Tugs. This actually hits me where it hurts. Being an Argos fan is like loving someone who doesn't love you back. Oh. Face palm. Face palm emoji. <sighs> Considering the way the DBO has been treated this year and last year, for that matter. 
I would say that is close. <laughs> that is quite close. <laughs> that hits right close to home. Yep. <sighs> and with that, that pretty much sums up this Labor Day weekend. But it was, you know, it, 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 in all in all, my first Labor Day experience was I enjoyed it because any day at a football game is a good day. Even if they lose. But we're past that now. We're into next week. We have an actual winnable game coming up. And let's hope they do it. Uh, that does it for the Argos fan cast this week. We want to thank uh, Rod Villagomez from the Wood Cookie Sawcast for simulcasting both podcasts at the same time. A Canadian football podcast network first. We think. We think. We're going to go with that. We hope. Will, where can <laughs> they find where can they find you, Will? On Twitter at ArgoFans or www.argofans.com. And Doug, besides uh, in in was it that TD Bank Field or State whatever Lansdowne, yeah, you know, uh, this Saturday, right where can they find you? You? <laughs> you can find you can find the Double Blue Order. You can find my group on Facebook at facebook.com/doubleblueorder, on Twitter at Double Blue Order, on Instagram at the Double Blue Order, and you can find me personally at dougb519 on Twitter. And any of our uh, Ottawa listeners that see Doug at the game, buy him a beer. You can find me at All Kinds of Clay on the Twitter machine, and you can find the Argos Fancast at Argos Fancast. And anywhere you find your friendly neighborhood podcast, just search Argos Fancast, specifically Google Play, iTunes, and SoundCloud. We are also a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. You can find them at CFPod Network and cfpodnetwork.ca on the interwide web. That does it for the Argos Fancast this week. We'll talk to you next week.